0: Yeah, this one is for B Hood. Swear that I can't sleep good, cause mom ain't never missed a day of work and that can't be good. my daddy was a boss, he used to talk that Mac like flea wood. They ask if I'm the boss and I say nigga is a tree wood. Cocking it back and I'm aiming this shit at these niggas that's thinking I'm playing this shit. When I told all these niggas I'm raining this shit, I am not talking precipitation, little bitch. So quick message to them niggas that's ascending. I'm taking everything up off the top, that's circumcision. I got. Yeah. Shit, and we got. What's up? What's good with it, everybody? It's a glorious day. I'm <laughs> sure y'all know exactly why, man. Is hey, hey, we back for another episode of the Pick and Roll Podcast, and man oh man yesterday was exciting yesterday as in tuesday that is was extremely exciting for me i'm pretty sure it was also extremely exciting for my co-host sam Mm -hmm. what's good baby what's good world and and you're damn right it was exciting (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure y'all all know what we're alluding to it's them blue devils baby we've been raving about our blue devils Since we got all of the information about the class that we was bringing in. And last episode, y'all heard us loud and clear. It's basketball season and we're here. If y'all didn't hear us last episode, I'm sure y'all heard our Blue Devils loud and clear last night. There was not a doubt who the better team on that court was. For those who didn't tune in, which I'm sure most of y'all did, Duke played against UK last night. Duke being the number four team in the nation. UK being the number two team in the nation. Now, history has shown that most times when we play against UK or any other highly ranked teams like that, the games are pretty close. It's normally, you know, goes down to the wire. The team will pull away maybe at the end. But that was not the story Tuesday night. That wasn't the story at all. It was the complete opposite. The Blue Devils looked like, well, let's go ahead and say what it is. Say just like I said on, my, on Facebook. The Blue Devils looked like we were playing another exhibition game.
1: Yeah, it's exactly what it looked like yesterday.
0: <laughs> Extremely lopsided. So, uh, for those who don't know, Duke won by 34 points. That is the largest loss that Coach Calipari has suffered at the hands of any team as long as he's been at U.K. So, with that being said, I want to ask you, Sam, Did the Duke victory, did, did that tell us more about Duke or more about Kentucky? Um, I personally feel like it told us
1: more. Well, not us as in me because it didn't tell me anything. I already knew about my little <laughs> levels. But it told the rest of the nation a lot about Duke because that's a good Kentucky team. I mean, clearly, they were ranked number two, and Duke was ranked number four. Um, that's the number two recruiting class that they've got. So, I mean, thats I think that's going to be a good team. They showed some bright spots. But um, what I think we saw yesterday is exactly what we talked about in that last 10 minutes of the last episode that we did. We talked a lot about Duke, and one of the main things we talked about was the chemistry of this team.
0: Exactly. And
1: I think that that was the biggest factor in – well, I can't say it was the biggest factor, but it was a huge factor in that game considering Kentucky really didn't look bad. Really, they looked like a normal team in the first game of the season. I agree. We just didn't look like that was the first game of the season because I feel like our chemistry is already at like a 90, 95. Like those guys are already cohesive. It's it's scary. Yeah, we looked real scary yesterday. We we were together on defense. We were together on offense. We were just together. Period. It was just a team effort. Yeah, the the
0: the big three stood out, but that was an overall team effort yesterday. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. If I had to say, I would also say that it told us more about Duke because as you said. Kentucky didn't necessarily look bad. I believe that they also looked like a typical high-ranked team in their first game of the season. There are obviously going to be some chemistry issues. There are going to be some jitters, some guys that are trying to do a little too much. But like you said, on Duke's end, we didn't see that. From the opening tip, those boys looked like they were in sync in every aspect or every facet of the game. To me, the thing that stood out most was defense. You have already a Duke team that's extremely athletic. Then you take a guy who, to me, he stood out more than the big three, especially defensively, which was Jack White. White. Yes, sir. You take a guy like that who played sporadically last year, and you throw him completely into the rotation this year. He had the most – he was guarding the two. He was guarding two. Exactly. Was. Exactly. And that, that to me, that that speaks volumes for a ball club like Duke. As I said, you've got guys who are extremely athletic in Zion, RJ, Cam. Guys like that, they're they're extremely athletic. Then you throw in a guy like Jack White, who isn't nearly as athletic as those guys, but had arguably the best defensive game of the night. It did not matter who they lined Jack White up against on defense he was getting the best of them whether it had whether it was uh being up on the perimeter a boxing out getting strong tough rebounds underneath the basket against guys that were much bigger than him jack white to me showed that this is a duke team that you really have to worry about even outside of the phenomenal freshman you've got I'm, go ahead how many times this offseason did i say jack white was going to be key this year and it hasn't even just been this off season. That's that's one thing that I said to you last night watching the game. Since Jack White came aboard at Duke, you've been very high on Jack White. You have been saying, Jack White, He's once he gets his shot, he's going to be special. I'm telling you, he's a, he's a, a typical Duke player, a prototype Duke player, and he's going to come in and he's going to ball. Well, me seeing Jack White's first couple games, the first season, I'm like, eh. Yeah, I mean, I see something there, but I don't know if he truly going to reach it. Well, he's reached it, and maybe even more, because we knew that Jack White could shoot. We knew that he could jump a bit, but we did not know that he was this great of a defender. At least I didn't, and to me, when you have to worry about guys like Jack White really being a defensive pest, that creates a completely different aspect of this Duke Blue Devil team. Now you also throw into account that you got a guy like Alex O'Connell who really didn't get going until the end of the game. That's a guy that can light it up. He shot forty nine percent from three last year. Yeah, but forty you nine know, percent—that's crazy.
1: Coach K got fed up with him pretty quick yesterday. He I threw, agree. He threw up 2 badass shots, and Coach k Yang Pulled he. Quick. <laughs> he ain't touched the floor again until, like, garbage time. But, yeah, he's a bucket. He's our version of Charlie Hero.
0: I agree 100%. He's and nowhere
1: near as good as Hero is, but he's our version. He's that
0: role. Tyler yeah, he's got that role in our ball club. I agree. I, I think that that Duke team is going to be special. And that's not even speaking from a bias standpoint. I don't think I've ever seen an opening game that impressive in my life. Like, Bro, they tried, ever.
1: They tried to tell me on Facebook that um, in 2015, when Kentucky beat Kansas by 30, that was more impressive than what we did yesterday. No. Bro, that can, that Kansas team was Cliff Alexander and Perry Ellis. Man! <laughs> yeah, ain't nobody
0: trying to hear that.
1: Bro, like I said, it was just people in there trying to rationalize what they witnessed
0: last night. That's pretty much how it goes, though. When you get a team like Duke, Duke is one of those teams that either you love them or you hate them. There's no in-between, and when you hate Duke, your hatred runs deep, and you can definitely – there's no hiding it. You can't hide it. Like, when you dislike Duke, in any any opportunity that you get to diminish Duke, you do it. And like you said on Facebook, that's a prime example. There's nothing that anybody can take away – from yesterday's game Bro, that they can trying- honestly say that it was not good. People was trying to say Kentucky not nice. This is the number two team in the nation with the number two recruiting class. Like, what – with I, – I, man, I'm not – I wouldn't have went there with it, Like I
1: said, people saw something crazy last night, and they are just trying to rationalize what they witnessed. They have no idea what they saw last night. They're like, what the hell did I just <laughs> –
0: yeah i mean it's just even we played
1: like an nba team yesterday bro
0: agree i (laughs) agree
1: that shit was crazy i was sitting down here just mad i was watching the game by myself i just needed somebody to talk to yeah are are you
0: are you seeing this yeah this shit was crazy (laughs) i was watching it last night too and michaela which is my wife for the listeners she went to sleep halfway through the game last night, and I'm in here going crazy, like I'm going nuts. I don't know how she slept through it. Like anything that happened last night, I'm going crazy. I'm screaming, especially when Zion snatched that block, bro. bro. That I said, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> like he really grabbed it out the air, pushed the brake, and <laughs> threw a ditty. Like that bad boy was right on the money. And it's just, like you said, it's that chemistry is out of this world because you see a guy like R.J. Barrett who, from the opening tip, made his presence felt the entire night. And you see his teammates who also are looking to be phenomenal freshmen and are looking to be as successful as he is. You don't see not one guy acting like – Oh yeah, it's my turn to get mine now. Like he getting his, but it's my turn to get mine. Like no, that's every about time about R.J. Say. did something, they was in his face going off. Like yeah, like let's go, and we here. Was, and vice a- versa for other guys. Like when uh, Zion went crazy, R.J. went on no, this is my night. I'm going off. He went straight up to Zion, smacking him, pushing him in the chest. Like let's go, we here.
1: That that's what was impressive to me is that they all found a way to steal. Get theirs, even exactly. with RJ, RJ basically being the most aggressive I've ever seen him play. Really, I've only seen him play maybe six or seven times like real games, like whole games, but that's the most aggressive I ever seen him play. He was, he was to it. He, he every time he touched it, he was looking to score that chicken.
0: And I think that's what we're going to see out of him a lot this year. I think Coach K yeah. is going to make that our focal point is RJ is going to be the We need aggression out of him if we're going to be successful because yeah, the rest of the guys, they can score, but we don't have a scorer, like a guy that could just really go out there and we need 30 tonight, go out there and get it. If it's not RJ, Cam can fill it up. But I don't think I'm – I don't like – I wouldn't like having to build my offense around like a Cam. Like if – let's say RJ went down with the injury and then Cam had to carry the load – He could, but he wouldn't be as effective as an R.J., as an aggressive R.J. And that's what I think Coach K is going to – he's going to implement a lot. He's definitely going to have that as our focal point. Yeah, only
1: time I want to see R.J. out there looking to play make is if Trey Jones ain't in the game.
0: Exactly. If
1: Trey Trey is in the game, you let him worry about getting everybody else involved. I'm not saying shoot every time, but we need that aggression I saw yesterday, every night, flat out let let Zion and Trey do the distributing because he can – because RJ could pass the ball too.
0: He's yeah, a he's passer. a very skilled passer.
1: But I want him to be what he was yesterday. Yes. He still had what, three assists, four assists? Yeah, he, still, he
0: still had a, a great game
1: dishing the ball as well. That's solid. So, yeah, I, I need that out of Trey. But I disagree with you about what you said about Cam. I
0: think Cam is probably our best scorer. I think he's probably our most efficient. Depending if like like a game last night, like RJ. If RJ's extremely aggressive, like going to the cup, not settling for a jumper at all, that's hands down our best option. But if you get a RJ that he has his spells. With me watching RJ multiple times, he has his moments where he gets into the the. I guess not so. High percentage shot looks like he'll one dribble pull up with the contested, uh, being with it being contested. He does that a lot, and I didn't see that at all last night. So I don't know if he's turning over a new leaf or what. But if he gets back into that, then yeah, I agree. I Cam will probably be our most efficient guy. The thing about
1: the thing about Cam is if he gets hot, he can go out and hit 10 threes, yes, 12 threes in the game. And I feel like that's what makes him the better scorer. Like
0: RZ was hot
1: from three last night. He could shoot the three, but he—he's not knocked down. Last he night was, was a good hot night for him from three last night, for sure. So and and, and he hit—he only hit what six or yeah. six three seven three something like that yeah. So yeah. I mean, on the, that's on a hot night. Cam on a hot night he that that three point that three point line is going to be filled up. Yeah, him. like he's he's a real big time shooter. I agree. I do and, agree with that. And he can get to it off the dribble too. So I feel like that's I, I think Cam's our best shoot our best scorer, but RJ's our best player by
0: still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can agree say with that cuz Zion right on his heels. So. Hey, hey. I'd be the first to say that. I was not the biggest fan of Zion. Me Warriors. either. I
1: was totally wrong about Zion. But I found that out way before last night. I found that out probably about six or seven months ago. Yeah,
0: you've been saying that. You said you watched him in some – I can't remember what it was you said you watched him in, but you was like, no, nah, I really sat down and watched him. Like, he really got – he's got a, a, a pretty good game. Like, he's not just an a dunker. Like, he really yeah. has more to him.
1: And, and I himself- hadn't
0: seen that just yet.
1: Until about six or seven months ago, I thought he was like a a, just going to be a strong-ass four-man that just was heavy on the glass with putbacks and stuff. But once I really sat down and watched the game, because he played double-A basketball. That's why his highlights look the way they do in high school, and those kids look the way they do, because that's double-A basketball. Right. So that's like the equivalent of like what? Who's double-A here, Nitro?
0: Yeah. No, Nitro not double-A. They back to triple-A again? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. They did go down, didn't they? Yeah, they dropped down a couple of years ago. Well, yeah.
1: Yeah, somebody like a Knights over Yeah, or Charleston Catholic.
0: Yeah, that's a better example. Definitely Charleston
1: Catholic. Double A. So that's why his highlights look the way they do. Like, how, why it was so, so, so easy for him. High school would have been easy for him regardless,
0: but it wouldn't have been that
1: easy for him.
0: Yeah. yeah. I just... My cousin... I got I have cousins that were uh raised in South Carolina and they still well one of them still lives there and he was telling me about Zion. He was like, nah, cuz he's the real deal. Like he's he's really legit. Like we've been watching him for years. And I'm like, nah, I'm I i do not believe it. He was like, watch. Just watch. And he showed me everything I needed to see. Thing about Zion is he's yes, he's athletic, but that doesn't, that doesn't uh, necessarily – that's not necessarily all that he is. His athleticism makes him a lot better, even on little things. For instance, if it's just challenging a shot, he's super athletic and he has great body control. He's not out there trying to send everything. He's just going to affect the shot, even rebounding. You can cancel it if Zion's around the basket and the ball's up in the air. Nobody's out jumping him for a rebound. And even when he doesn't jump as high, you're not knocking the ball away from him because of how strong he is and the way that he squeezes the ball. Zion has a lot to his game that I feel like will develop even more being at Duke, and it's it's really going to turn him into something extremely special. only thing bad I
1: got to say about Zion is if he really is 285, he's got to lose some weight. Yeah? Unless he only planned on playing for like
0: Seven or eight years, them knees gonna be horrible. I think he will. I think he'll lose some weight by the time he gets to the league. That's probably what they'll tell him. Or at the combine and all it's of. For the... his,
1: it's for his own good, man. He ain't. There's no way jumping as high as he do at two eighty five. That's impressive as hell. But that's not something a screaming injury. Yeah, you. Not even that. You might not even get hurt, but you're just not going to be the same after. 8 9 years of that shit in the league, you playing 82 games a night and you doing that 60 60 times a night you jumping damn near as high as you can landing on them knees at 285 man, that's going cool. yeah, that's
0: a lot of weight. Yes,
1: bro. Like I don't know. I feel like he he should try to get down that weight down a little bit.
0: Yeah. I, I agree. Cuz that's that's just real heavy. I agree, but um, before our listeners say that we basically spent this whole episode talking about Duke, let's move on a little bit. Um, once again, both of us did say that we think that, that game taught us more about Duke than it did about UK. I definitely, like Sam said, it basically just showed the rest of the world that we have stellar, stellar chemistry. On my end, I definitely feel like it showed us that we're a force to be reckoned with defensively. Oh, before we get out of here, as far as Duke is concerned, I want to give a huge shout-out to Trey Jones, who did everything that we needed him to do last night. He was a floor general, and he defended the ball well, and more, most importantly, he protected that ball. No turnovers. He did not turn that ball over. And that's what – that when Duke is successful, that's what happens. Last time Duke was that successful at protecting the ball, we know who was in the backcourt. His big brother. big brother. So, shout out to him. But let's move on to the other matchup we saw last night. Kansas and Michigan State. What did you take from that game? Kansas is tough. Kansas tough. <laughs> I can't even
1: front. Kansas is definitely tough. I, I still feel like we're the best team in the country, but Kansas is right there. Like, I... I would have liked to have seen that matchup yesterday instead of us in Kentucky. I thought I wanted to see us in Kentucky, but no. Nah. That Kansas game would have been fire. But I, I like the way that they um they played through Azubuki down there and I like the the step that his game has taken.
0: Yeah, he's, he's definitely this year. He's taking a step in a, in a completely different direction. I agree. Yeah, he's,
1: I was he, impressed. I he's was very impressed. He, he, last year he was goofy, couldn't stay out of foul trouble. Like Ain't have no really type of offensive game really besides catching the lob. You know what I'm saying? Now he's got he's got a couple moves. He hit up and under yesterday. He got the smooth. That was
0: extremely yeah, he's, smooth. He
1: he's he's added some real post game. So I agree. That was impressive. I, th- I like their point guard Dotson.
0: Yes, I like him.
1: He played well. Grimes,
0: hmm
1: He played well. Um and then the Lawson brothers, they're gonna be huge for them as well. That that's a well-rounded team as well. That's a well rounded team Kansas got too. I can't even front. I know JT and uh Wizzle, Wizzle love me saying that, but it's the truth. Kansas Kansas good, that's a good team. Only thing I will say that they may be missing is is a shooter. Pure shooter, Grimes, yes. Grimes, he knocked it down yesterday, but the boy was hot. He's not that type of shooter. He's he's more of a, a slashing or I wouldn't say quite a slasher because I mean he could shoot. He hits like mid range jumpers. If y'all play two K, he's a playmaking shot creator. Man, <laughs> <laughs> he's not. He's not. A, he's not a shooter. He just he can get to his shot, but he's more of a scorer than a, than a shooter.
0: He's not going to be hitting five six threes a night. It's not going to happen. I agree. I think my biggest takeaway from the game is both of those teams are good ball clubs. Let's not let's not diminish Michigan State at all because. Kansas pretty much controlled the game, but man, I ain't seen nothing I liked out of Michigan State. There were a lot of moments in that game where it was blow. It was they could have busted it wide open. Michigan State did not allow it. But yeah, they, you know you what, know Izzo team ain't about to go like that, man. And that's the biggest thing with this ball club. That's why I liked what I saw. Michigan State has a lot of guys that need coaching, and this is the best place for them to be. Michigan State by the I would say by the end of the year going into conf- or to going into March madness we'll see a Michigan State team that's really ready to go on a run i'm not saying that they will but i think that they'll be prepared to i liked what i saw out of them they're not a bad ball club they can shoot it but i what? think that they're streaky when it comes to shooting the guys that what? they really rely on hitting weren't hitting for them last night outside of langford
1: what they need to go to the next level is they're going to need for Cassius Winston to be way more aggressive. I know he's a playmaker and all that, but he's got to be a scorer on that team. They're desperately needing a perimeter guy to go out there and be aggressive. Like he I mean, be- it's been a
0: while since we didn't see Michigan State really be uh, a force. And the last time that they were was when they had, who was it, Trice? That was their, uh, their scoring guard. And we haven't seen one since then. So I agree. Yeah. They, that's what
1: that's what that team's missing. That's why they couldn't get Ward going down low is because nobody on the perimeter was really a threat besides catch and shoot. So you could dig down, like they was. They just made. pick and rolls were a lot easier to defend. Yeah, he he just wasn't aggressive enough, and he shot fifty percent from three last year. So he need to get. I guess if he ain't been working on it by now, he need to get in the gym and work on some um, off the dribble threes because. Now you they can't afford to wait for you to get to your three off the spot up no more, man.
0: You got you got to be able to score the basketball for this team to be successful. I agree. I agree that that was one thing that I did see is that they did rely too much on the catch and shoot. They relied on that a lot, but um, like I said, I I liked what I saw out of Michigan State. Kansas played extremely well last night, and Michigan State was never truly out of that ball game. Even yeah, came that, down and to the it. wire at the end. They were down six and got
1: a wide-open three to cut it to three. Yeah. With, like, three minutes – maybe, like, two minutes to
0: go. Two yeah. To go. That like was Michigan. crunch time.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, they
0: had – it. They was, in the, they was in the game. Yeah, I, I like Michigan State. I, was I looking like Michigan for, State a lot.
1: I was looking for Winston to take over after he got that and one. I was like, okay, now he's finally about to be aggressive. But he, he still didn't. was just really just – he just deferred too much yesterday. But it was the first game of the season, so – like you said, I, I didn't. Yeah, I guess I can't say I didn't see anything I liked about them. They 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 can be pretty good, but they need him to change. They need him to change his game a little bit. He he can't just be the playmaker he and
0: the spot up shooter that he's used to being. I know it's got to be somebody, whether it's him or somebody else. They've got to have a guy that can just go out there and score for them when they need them to outside you know of catch and shoot.
1: Who I thought was going to be special for them when he was a freshman
0: was that McQuaid. Dude. McQuaid, yeah, Look, he
1: had a he had a real stellar freshman year. He had some big time games, and I was like, oh yeah, Michigan State back. They he's about, leveled out. Yeah, he man, he ain't do nothing really last year. He basically was the same guy last year. Basically, he's. The same version of himself as he was
0: as a freshman. Yeah, he's not progressing at all. But to his defense, we may have saw him in his freshman year as more than what he really was. And yeah, because he had a he had a, a much easier role then as well. He was on the yep. back. so
1: Really, all he had to do was come in, shoot the three. But yeah, that's probably what it was. But I thought, I mean, you you assume that guys are gonna get better. You spend three years on campus, you shouldn't be still the same player. That's true. You should be able, you should be ready
0: to to get to assume a better role when you become a junior. Yeah, I mean, it's time to take the step now. If not now, then it's pretty much over. You might as well cancel it. But um let's let's switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about some teams that aren't uh up top as these teams are that we've already discussed as far as rankings are concerned. Let's talk about sleeper teams, some teams that may not necessarily be on people's radar but should be uh, paid attention to. I guess uh, my first squad that I'll talk about is a squad that probably isn't on people's radar because of their name, but as far as their talent is concerned, they're, they're probably one of the best teams in the nation as far as talent is concerned, and that's Nevada. I like Nevada a lot. Those who saw Nevada last year... They uh went to the sweet sixteen, they went twenty-nine and eight, I believe it was, last year. And they have a lot of talent coming back. Uh most importantly out of that talent are the Martin twins. They got some transfers too. All, I think they, they got four
1: transfers, they all averaged like twelve last year.
0: Yes. Yes. And I mean, this is a team that people are really going to have to pay attention to. If you see Nevada rising in the rankings, or you see them in the, high in the rankings rising, throughout the year. Rising, they're they number three, ain't they?
1: Are they? Yeah, they ain't rising nowhere. They in the top five. I know that for a fact. Because they, they was number three. Yeah, they they ain't rising nowhere. Them boys is up there
0: because <laughs> Gonzaga. Ooh, them well, man, let Gonzaga. let me check that out.
1: Yeah.
0: Nah, they are number seven.
1: Seven oh the poll I seen the preseason poll, bro. They had cause they had them ahead of us. They had cause we was five on the preseason joint. It was Oh, that was the
0: power rankings. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. True, true,
0: true. It was. Yeah. It was power rankings. But yeah, they they're they're sitting at seven right now. And I like I said, I wouldn't be surprised to see them stay within the top five throughout the year. Cause you know some of these higher uh Power five teams are going to take some lumps in conference play, and they may skate. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them remain in the top five throughout the year. But as I said, Nevada's got a lot of talent on that ball club, man. It's going to be a team that you're going to hear a lot about, and this is a team that I think could possibly have a deep run into the tourney, uh, an extremely deep run. What's one of your teams that you got for a sleeper?
1: Yeah, I, I still like Villanova.
0: Would you call them a sleeper? That's defending champions.
1: I mean, they lost a lot of talent. I think well, they had four guys leave, three guys.
0: Yeah, that, and big Go names, to too. Big names, too.
1: But they're still going to be good. And then Gonzaga.
0: It was the two that I had, Villanova and Gonzaga. Yeah, Gonzaga's not bad. I had uh, Nevada, as I've already said. And my other sleeper team was, the team that's probably going to surprise a lot of guys is Marquette. Um they Marquette's a pretty good team. They were a pretty good team last year, but this year I think that they're really ready to take that step. Uh, Marcus Howard that plays for them. he He's a baller. Walking he, bucket. Walking bucket. I, I don't feel like a lot of people give him as much recognition as he should as far as his offensive talent. He's arguably the most explosive offensive player in the nation. Like, he can fill it up. And there's no doubt about it. And I think that that is definitely going to bolster them. And I mean, they, they have a lot more along with him, but I I like them a lot. And I like them to be, you know, a, a surprise team in that big East this year. I I expect them to be above at the top. I expect them to be battling with Villanova for that top seed throughout the year, but. I think that this is a year that they're ready to take that step and really, as I said, challenge Nova. I don't think that there are too many other teams in the Big East that I'm really looking at as being bona fide uh, contenders. And Marquette's one. But another team that I want to touch on a little bit, not too much. They didn't make my list as far as sleepers and my top two sleepers, which is what we did. But uh, my number three sleeper would definitely be uh, Florida. I like Florida. Florida so had a pretty good ball club right. last year. Did they? Man, Florida State beat the shit out of them yesterday. Oh, Florida. All right, what is the reason why they didn't make like my 40. list? By like 40. There it is, then. <laughs> get them guys out of I there. Mean, it's
1: early, but damn. They, they Florida State beat the shit out of them yesterday.
0: Oh, well, hey, get them out of there, then. I don't got nothing out hey. not Like I said, they didn't make my, my list for a reason. I didn't quite know what it was, but you just confirmed it. There it is. Obviously, they're not not ready. They're definitely not ready. But granted, Florida State is number 17 team in the nation. Florida is not ranked. So that's pretty much why I had them as a sleeper. But the thing that hurt them last night was uh, Kevon Allen. He didn't score, right? I think I did see that now that I'm uh, I'm thinking about it. Let me look real quick. Yeah, they showed it during our game. Yeah, he didn't score. He played 23 minutes and didn't score. Zero points. What was the final score? 81 to 60. Oh, yeah. Mopped him up. And He didn't score. You got guys like him and um, Jalen Hudson as well, who I think will be – well, who I thought would be extremely effective for them. Jalen Hudson only had 11 last night. He played 22 minutes. Kevon Allen played twenty three and didn't score. So uh yeah. I guess we could scratch them off of my sleeper team. I mean, it's like you said, it's early, so they may come around to the team that I'm that I expected them to be. But they ain't starting off on the right track, that's for damn sure. Yeah, it's real
1: early. They can they can get plenty on their resume to still
0: end up being a good team. Yeah, I agree. So let's uh let's jump into our last topic of this college basketball segment. Who is your favorite to win A-Smith this year? Hold on, bro. Let me go cut this heat off, man. Let's see. I'm. Let me, let me gather my thoughts on who I think mine is. Because I had a couple guys. But I don't... Apologies for the technical difficulties, guys. We back. We right back. Uh, Last thing we were touching on was the Naismith. Um, But, 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 I forgot to name um, as far as a team that I think people should look out for. A lot of people, I feel like they may not necessarily call this a sleeper team. Uh, Seeing as how, uh, I guess, how highly anticipated seeing. At least one of their players is, and that's Oregon. I like the Oregon Ball Club this year, uh obviously they've got Bow Bow um, I mean nothing that really needs to be said about him. If you follow basketballs, you know about Bow Bow, but I also like Peyton Pritchard. I like Peyton Pritchard a lot. He was a baller for them last year, and I'm expecting him to take another step this year, but um, yeah, that was that Benson um no, I don't believe Benson's there. I'm about to say he tough too, yeah. He uh, Benson isn't there anymore, but uh, yeah. I I like I like Oregon as well. I think that that that'll be a tough team over there in the Pac twelve. They'll probably uh run the table over there. Yeah, back to the to the Naismith. Who do you have as far as uh topping your Naismith list? Oh man. I ain't want to go with the obvious pick. <laughs> being RJ.
1: Right. So I ain't going with RJ, man. So I got I, – I I wrote down two guys, and they both surprising for their own reason. What the you got? Being Carson Edwards um, mm-hmm. from Purdue. I love his game. I love I, – I, I just love his game. And he's athletic. He can get to the cup. I like watching him play, and this year he's on, he's on a Purdue Purdue team that's not that loaded, so he's gonna have a lot of opportunities to go crazy, crazy. And then uh, see another guy. I can't believe I'm doing this. No. <laughs> oh my god! I gotta say, Luke May, man.
0: No, I knew you was about to say Listen, that.
1: His game, the way he plays. It's like he can hit the three. He can get, he bangs in the post. He's always in the right place at the right time. He's a good rebounder. I mean, it kills me to pick, to say that him being from Carolina, but the guy's got game. He's got, and he's, he's got that college game to him to where like, you know what I mean? Like he's just just a, he's a college guy and he, he just dominates the college scene. Like he's, he's the perfect college
0: big man. I mean, I, I I can't argue that. I mean, as much as I hate Carolina, that's a valid pick. I mean, I don't I don't know. I hate giving Carolina guys credit. Peter, Me
1: too. Me too. Me too. But I mean,
0: hey, I can understand it. But um, let's see. Like you said, you're not gonna go R.J. I won't go R.R.J. either. Um, I guess a guy that we just touched on, Bo Bo. I think Bobo has an extremely a uh, great chance of being. You think he's going to May Smith though? I th- he's got to have a a very standout season, but with him being in the Pac twelve, he doesn't have to go through too much of what the RJs and the uh, Luke Mays, what they really have to go through as far as that gauntlet is concerned. They can, you know, how when most players get to that ACC conference play, young guys at least. Not Luke May. I don't think he'll have that issue, but. We've seen young guys hit conference play and sputter a little bit in that ACC just because of how cutthroat it is. The Pac-12 isn't that. So, Bobo has a great chance. If he starts off the season extremely effective and starts to build a name for himself early in the season, I feel like it'll carry on throughout conference play. So, I think he has a shot at it. I don't necessarily want to say he's going to win it. I just think he has a shot. Um... Let's see who else. Uh, you, uh this this was your guy. I definitely like him a lot too. I don't I don't know if he's Naismith worthy, but uh he is on a watch list. That's Cal Guy. I like Cal Guy a lot in Virginia. I remember when you showed me Cal Guy. I was like, Oh yeah, he's a he's a baller. And he's he's taking steps in college to where it looks like he can be that guy. This should be his standout year. I nah, they still got Ty Jerome down there. They want oh, they do know. got Ty Jerome. I think he better than Ty Jerome. Though. I do too. I think that that should he should be the focal point of the offense. But uh, I mean, and they got DeAndre know. Hunter too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, with a team like Virginia, I feel like it'd be extremely hard for anybody on that squad to win the an smith anyway. Scoring. Yeah, exactly. Just with the 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 type of ball play that they have. Um, who else did I have on my list? Um, Justin Robinson, Virginia Tech. I like Justin Robinson a lot. Um, it's hard because I really just, I really just want to be like, come on, man, we know RJ gonna win it, but, but we, we really kind of do. <laughs> but, but I'm trying to go away from that. Um, let me see who else. Now you see why I went with Luke. Yeah, I can see why. It's difficult. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see one of the Martin twins, probably Caleb. I wouldn't be surprised to see Caleb in the mix for that. John Elmore. Um, come on, dog. I was there. I was. I swear to God, that's what I was about to say next. I was about to say, well, can I get into somebody that people might think I'm a little biased for throwing in there? But, I mean, he's in the Naismith. He's on the Naismith watch list. So, yeah, John Elmore, let's get into it. He'd have to go crazy, crazy, but it's not as far-fetched as it may It's not. It's not. He made a name for himself last year heading into a conference tournament, even carrying over, spilling over into the NCAA tournament uh, when they got their first win. So it's – I mean, like you said, it's not far-fetched. He's got a name for himself. He just got to go crazy. But us knowing John Elmore, it's, that's not outlandish. Like – He's known for doing that. He's known for going crazy, especially at a time like this is a senior year. It's time for him to let's go It's showtime. let's get it but um, yeah, man, that's our guy y'all uh y'all be looking out. We're trying to see if we can set up a uh an interview with him or get him on here or we'll get him on an episode one of these upcoming weeks. So y'all be looking out for that. That's John Elmore out of Marshall if y'all don't know who he is find out about that guy. He was the only player outside of Trey Young last year to be in the top 10 scoring and the top 10 as far as assists are concerned. So, I mean, that should tell you a lot. He can fill it up. He can facilitate. That's our guy, John Elmore, definitely. But, um, yeah, that pretty much wraps up my May Smith list. It's, like, like you said, it's early, so it's hard to tell. We're pretty much still going off speculation, not necessarily off of what we've seen. That's why it's so difficult not to say RJ because, with we what saw, we saw, it's <laughs> like, yeah, that's the, that's the Naismith winner right there. But um, yeah, man, I that pretty said, much I would have said Killian Tilly, but he went down. Did he? I didn't know Tilly got hurt. Yeah, he out for like six to eight weeks. Uh yeah, that's gonna hurt. That will hurt a lot as far as Naismith. But um, yeah, last uh. I guess last last topic here, real quick. It ain't even a topic. I guess it's just a last question. National champion pick. You already know. I mean, Duke is the that's the overwhelming favorite from the both of us. Give me somebody other than Duke that you think might win it. <laughs> because I, if I would have said national champ, I mean, come on. We both know who we were both picking. So.
1: So basically, you saying me and you pissed off? We got knocked out early, and somebody gotta win. it. who do I got? Basically,
0: woo. <laughs> I, ain't talking, I haven't thought about it at all. So give me a second. Uh, oh, we I ain't play. named Phil Booth either. Yeah,
1: for for Villanova. Yeah, yeah. You know who I'm. You know who I'm. Hitting, you know what I'm taking? Who? I think Gonzaga finally gets the monkey off their back. If, do if, you? If if we don't win it all, that's my pick, Gonzaga.
0: I think if we don't win it all, this will be the this will be a year where we see. I mean, I guess Gonzaga could kind of be in that light, but I don't really hold them in that light because they make it so far every year. I think we're gonna see a team that's uh, it's time for Cinderella to win it. I'm not saying it's gonna be like a 16 seed or nothing like that, but you saw a team like Loyola last year, how close they got. I think this year is that year that we see a team actually take that leap and and win it, if it obviously isn't Duke. Um, I think it's going to be a team like that. It may not necessarily be Loyola, but they have another shot at being good this year as well. Um, Could be somebody like a Nevada. I wouldn't be surprised to see a Nevada take it all. And Gonzaga, that's definitely a safe pick. I had Gonzaga on my list too, but I wanted to try to go – more like a cinderella nah. because i i mean if i don't i really can't pick another uh power five or major team that i think is gonna win like i I think the only the
1: the closest to a cinderella we're gonna see to winning the championship is gonna be maybe like a a, a low achieving power five team like a like a 9C, like an Arkansas or some shit like that, Tennessee, a team like that, like a a good team, but like a team that's normally good, but never really great. I could see a team like that sneaking in the championship. But as far as like a Loyola Chicago or somebody like that, uh,
0: like a, a 11, 12C, something like that, I just can't see that happening. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be somebody that low. That's, that's why I had Nevada cause I don't, because obviously I don't think Nevada's going to get a low seed, but I don't think that a lot of teams are going to – a lot of people are going to pick Nevada to win it all. No. So, I, I can see Nevada winning
1: it. Okay. I definitely That's can. Because I was thinking along the lines of like maybe like how – when
0: Kimba and them won
1: it, how, how – how how
0: Yeah. Because like,
1: they ended up being
0: a three seed though. Yeah, but they went on a gauntlet. Like mm. they started off – they had to play every game, every day of the Big East uh, tournament true, but they played their way into
1: a good seed, but I was thinking along the lines of like a, a underachieving team all year, and then they get it together in March.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. I don't think that's going to happen. At least I don't see it. You never know with March Madness, but I don't see that happening. But, uh, you heard it here. We both picked the Duke Blue Devils to win it all, but a team outside of Duke, you heard it. Um, who was your pick? Gonzaga. Gonzaga, yeah. Gonzaga. And Nevada. Two teams that we think have chances to win it, not named Duke. But um let's jump to college football. Talked about college basketball long enough. Let's talk let's talk about college football. It's not really much to talk about, but let's touch on um while we were watching those games, we saw the college football playoff rankings come out. There were I guess a couple of things that people talked about as far as what they saw and that they may not have agreed with as far as the rankings. But I personally didn't disagree with too much of any of it. I think it's pretty much solid. Was there anything you took from it that that you thought wasn't
1: right? No, I didn't see anything that wasn't right besides maybe LSU.
0: Yeah, a lot of people were upset about that two-loss LSU being ahead of so many one-loss teams.
1: I understand that because they did get handled by Alabama.
0: But their resume.
1: Yeah, and it was Alabama. So right. It's the we number can't one team in, here, in the nation. We can't sit here and, and on one hand and be like, they by far the best team in the country. Can't nobody play with them, blah, blah, blah. And then on the other hand, be like, but you got beat by Alabama at home by 29. So right. Either we think they One of these great teams or We don't If we don't think they one of the great teams Then okay, then kill LSU For getting dogged by them Right. we saying they're all-time great squad Then I mean you can't
0: You can't punish LSU That much for losing to them Right, but for our listeners Who don't know um, What the rankings or how the rankings Came out is Alabama number one Clemson number two Notre Dame three, Michigan four. So those are the if the playoffs started today, those would be your teams in the playoff. Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan. And then you got uh Georgia at five. Oklahoma sitting at six. LSU was at seven. That's the two loss LSU team at seven. Excuse me, ahead of one loss Washington State. And then you have Number nine, WBU, who jumped four spots after beating Texas, which is huge. That's a that's a huge jump. They actually do have a chance to make the playoff. It's still going to be
1: extremely hard. They need a tad bit of help at the top, and they're going to have to beat Oklahoma two weeks in a row, which is going to be – I feel like that's the reason why Big 12 ain't getting nobody in is because –
0: the, they're gonna beat each other out
1: yeah like there's no way either one of them teams are beating each other two times in a row in back to back weeks
0: yeah I don't, don't think I can see that happening I don't
1: see Oklahoma beating WVU twice in two weeks and I don't see WVU beating Oklahoma twice in two weeks. I just can't see it happen. I see they're going one and one.
0: I can I can agree.
1: And that's kind when each of them out right there.
0: Yeah I mean that's that's <laughs> you said it pretty much put hit the nail on the head with that one. And at number ten, rounding out the top ten, we got Ohio State who stayed where they were. And me being a Buckeye fan, I couldn't agree more with that, seeing as we just came off of a loss to Purdue and basically coming up against a Nebraska team who isn't who's still trying to find themselves. And we struggle. We struggle big time. Let's go that ahead. game basically the- came down to the wire.
1: There's no team still trying to find themselves in what week ten. That's a shitty ball club.
0: Yeah they, yeah,
1: they trash. They can't. If you, they find those, if they find that stuff by now, they trash, man.
0: I don't <laughs> think so because they have a freshman quarterback. They have a lot going on down there in Nebraska. That's Fred, helping. It's them. week ten. It ain't nothing but fourteen weeks in college football. They yeah, could, he hasn't played every week though. He was hurt, and it's it's a lot of things hey, that went on. If it's not you're still searching for identity in week ten. Your season's over. Oh, it's been, yeah, it's definitely over. It's it's not like they're finding themselves trying to become something that they're not going to become. It's more of they're finding themselves as to see where no, the future is. I'm not
1: saying this to as a, to down them. I'm saying this as in like you lightweight giving y'all a pass by phrasing it like they trying to find themselves. No, they should. No, they should not at all. I her. I
0: said I couldn't agree with us being at tenth more. I started off by saying. I agree. We shouldn't have jumped up at all. I agree with everybody being ahead of us. That was We story. struggled. That was... We were supposed to come back from our bye week ready to go. And that's we weren't. The story. That was the story
1: of the locks of the week for me. It's shitty teams. And we're going to get to that later.
0: Yeah, I don't... That's, that's not a knock at all. I mean, I just, exactly how it's supposed to be. But, I mean, bodes well for Ohio State being at 10 because they got a lot of teams that ahead of them that they're going to jump if they continue to win. But, I mean, we got to see how that plays out. But um, basically already touched on our other topic was, does West Virginia have a legitimate chance of getting into the playoff? And I, I would say, yeah, but, I mean, the way that you basically mapped it out, I mean, no. It's like, realistic. yeah, they have a chance.
1: Yeah, realistically, you have a shot. Nah,
0: I can't see it happening.
1: Yeah, it's like, yeah, realistically, they got a chance. So Most likely not going to happen. A lot of things got to go right for them for that to happen.
0: Let me ask you this. How many of those teams that are in the top 10, how many of those teams do you say control their own destiny in getting into the college football playoff? And by control their own destiny, I mean, they went out, they get in. Um, The four that's in. That's it? Yeah. I mean. I'm, inclin- I'm inclined to believe a team like Georgia controls their own destiny.
1: But that's the thing, though. Like, if Georgia and Bama can't control, they- both of them can't control their own destiny because they're on a the collision course to play each other.
0: Exactly. They so, can. Well, they win out. They get in. But it's not to say that both of them are in. It's to say that they control their own destiny. If Georgia wins but, out, yeah. they get in. Yeah. If Alabama true. wins out, they get in. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But yeah. 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 I see what you're saying. Yeah. That. Yeah. Georgia definitely. But yeah. So. So. Five, I would say yeah. I would say the top five. All the whole the entire top five control their own destiny.
1: No, nah, I mean. Well, yeah, because even if WVU did went out and beat Oklahoma twice, they're
0: not jumping the rest of these teams. No, they
1: they're still going to need at least Notre Dame to t- to stumble, and then they're going to need Bama to definitely beat Georgia. If if Georgia beats Bama,
0: they can cancel it.
1: Then the four is pretty much set. Yeah, there's only one spot left after that. If if Georgia beats Bama in an SEC championship, that guarantees Bama and Georgia a slot. Yeah, two yeah, SEC teams would definitely
0: be getting in.
1: Yeah, so then, then you got one spot left for everybody else. So that's the worst nightmare for everybody right
0: now was for Georgia to actually beat Alabama. I agree. I agree 100%. Because right now it's looking like Notre Dame's pretty much got their spot solidified. Clemson's pretty much got their spot solidified. But I'm, not, I'm still inclined to believe that Clemson's going to lose somewhere. I don't know if it's going to so be this be. week. I still feel like they're going to lose. One lost Clemson is out. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. At this point, I don't care if it's in the conference championship. They lose, they're not in. Yeah, because the, who are they
1: supposed to play in the conference championship? Who is it? Syracuse again or um,
0: Pitt? I believe. Oh yeah,
1: they lose that game. It's over.
0: I think Pitt is leading that division over
1: there. That division is all jumbled. Oh games, my gosh, so that division
0: probably... is terrible.
1: 'cause it was it was served up on the platter for
0: Miami, but yeah, they wasn't hungry, nope, apparently not but um yeah i I would say five out of the five out of the top ten control their own destiny. that's a fact, but like I said, it's not too much to really touch on with college football. we've got some some uh a few matchups a few ranked matchups this week that we'll we'll get into when it comes time for our pick's but Let's talk NFL now let's switch gears. um the last what three or four weeks I've been picking against the Rams and it just hadn't panned out for me, but this week I picked the Rams to lose to the Saints and it finally happened after picking against them and it wasn't a picking against them as far as a vendetta or anything. it was I just felt like their loss was looming. I didn't know who was going to do it. But every team that I figured would do it had a a legit shot at doing it, but no team actually did what they needed to do except for this past week in the Saints. Now, with the Saints handing them their first loss, are the Rams still the best team head and shoulders in the NFC? Not from no bias standpoint, straight up. Do you think that the Rams are still the best team in the uh, NFC?
1: I still think they're the best, but I don't think it's head and shoulders. Um, I still feel like that we haven't seen the best out of the Rams defense yet.
0: That's a yeah, I mean that's that's a good statement. I'm not I don't I wouldn't dispute that at all. Um one thing I will say is Dante Fowler definitely looked good in his first performance as a Ram. He looked good. I like what I saw out of him. Him and Aaron Aaron Donald together is going to be extremely scary. Once that defense gets fully clicking, yeah, I mean, what more? What more do you really want from them? Their offense is thriving. I think the defense going to start
1: clicking around playoff time. I think Wade Phillips might be holding some stuff back
0: for the playoffs. That wouldn't surprise me. That's the Wade. That's the Wade Phillips type type call. Especially I w- considering that we're coasting. Like it's not like we're
1: we gotta we gotta win games to get in the playoffs. Like we're not five and four or nothing, like barely scraping to get in and having to show a whole bunch of stuff. So this is I the best like, place to be. Yeah, I feel like he he may be holding some things back until playoff time hit. And then we might see some different things out of that defense. I agree. I, I think, think you see all the weapons on that defense, man. Yeah. So I'm I'm expecting to see something out of this defense when when winning
0: time arrives? I think as far as the question is concerned, I think that the Rams are still the best team in the NFC, but it's by an extremely slim margin. The Saints did show that they pretty much have everything that they need in order for them to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl this year. I thought that they had it last year, which obviously they showed that they did. They just had that... (laughs) that crazy debacle against the Vikings. But I think the Saints are back just like they were last year, and they're ready to take that extra step this year. So it's I feel like it's going to be exciting to see down the stretch because let's say the Saints end up dropping a game or two and the Rams don't, and the Rams end up winning the NFC and they hold home field advantage. We're looking at a completely different ball game than what we saw on Sunday. Dez. If they have to go to Los Angeles, I like the Rams. If they're staying at home in New Orleans, I think I like the Saints. So it's, uh, it's really going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And for those who don't know, the Saints did just add Des Bryant, which I don't think is going to be an extreme factor, but I do think that it's a solid pickup for them seeing as that is a veteran-wide receiver. And you've got Mike Thomas on the other side and you also got yeah, you know, your speedsters out there. So I feel like he's a you know, he's they, a good fit.
1: They needed a second receiver because they um they second leading receiver is Kamara and they third leading receiver is the tight end. So mm. they, they des and they their fourth leading receiver is the wide out, he's got twelve catches.
0: <laughs> well, there it is, and Dez was definitely needed for them. Yeah,
1: they, they needed him just just to have another receiver to throw the ball to.
0: Yeah, I agree. If Dez comes out and he's Dez, if he does what, what we know he's capable of doing, he'll be a, a great fit there. That's not to say that Dez – I feel like this is a, a perfect situation for Dez because he's going to play alongside a guy like Mike Thomas who – is going to be the guy. He's the number one receiver. He's going Another to be the guy that draws all the attention so Dez won't have as much um, attention on him. Or he won't have to. He won't have as much expectation on him.
1: Another reason is because um, Drew Brees is one of the quarterbacks that you don't need that much separation from the defender to get the ball mm-hmm. from a Perfect situation. Knock- yeah, it was one of the knocks on Dez at this point in his career. He couldn't create separation. Well with Breeze, he's so accurate you really don't need much separation. So that'll be that'll be something for him too. But another the thing is at in the at, in the offensive player is a lot different than that in the defensive player. It's so all it takes a lot longer to get acclimated into the system and learn the system and stuff. So we're not gonna see a whole bunch of snaps from Dez probably for at least a month. Yeah. yeah I mean he he'll play some. They may throw me in some, but it's gonna be hard for him to really be in the offense, in the offense, at this point in the season, hey, oh no, like, I don't really think so. I don't know, man. You got it's a brand new receiver. You adding in what week?
0: What? What is this week ten now? Yeah, but I mean, we saw last week that it was evident that a guy like Amari Cooper came straight into Dallas and he played a lot of snaps instantly
1: because yeah, y'all run the Little league offense.
0: Yeah, but even with that being said, you're talking about a guy who's been in the NFL for a long time, and Dez, it's not going to take him long to pick up that playbook. I don't feel like it's going to be anything that's crazy. Like, he's not going to see nothing in that playbook that's like, I ain't never seen this before. I don't think – I think Dez is a guy that's going to be able to come in and pick up. Like he's, I'd like. he's, I I don't think it's going to take a lot of weeks for him to pick it up. Like, it may be one or two. But after that, I feel like he's gonna hit his stride and he's gonna be good to go. Might not even be two. It may just be one week. And then by week by his second week in New Orleans, he's gonna be on the field a lot.
1: Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Let's just make sure. Let's just see if I well, I'm anxious to see if if Dez really still got it,
0: or was it Dak Brett Or was it Yeah. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) I agree. I'm anxious to see that too. But I mean, like you said, he may look a lot better just for the simple fact that he's playing with a guy like Drew Brees, and for the simple fact that he's the number two receiver as opposed to being the number one receiver. Yeah. So I mean, it's the the stars are aligned for him to look better. So if he doesn't look better, then we definitely know it was all days. But we'll see. Let's move into a uh to a fun topic. Mid-season awards. Let's talk about some – if we if the season ended today and we had to hand out some awards, who will we hand these out to? First one, offensive MVP. Who you got? Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, that's mine too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I feel like that's the clear favorite at this point. Yeah. I don't think you can fix your lips to say anything else. I mean – I don't know anybody else that you can make a case for in that aspect. Like, he's just, I feel like at this point, he's really, he looks like the MVP. There's nobody else that looks as impressive as he is. I mean, he's leading the league in passing yards, leading the league in passing and touchdowns. He's second in quarterback rating. I mean, he just, hey, he looks like the MVP right now. That's a fact. So, I got Patrick Mahomes as well. Um, defensive player of the year. I'm pretty sure we probably got the same guy for this, too. Who you got? Khalil cool, Mack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the clear favorite. I feel like these some of these picks are just like, how could you not? Like, yeah, it's, it's, there's not very much
1: of a race. Yeah, I don't I, know. I mean MVP. I mean, there's still more games to be played, so people guys got time, and some guys might slack off. But like you said, we're doing mid season. There's no race at this point.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's clear favorites in that. Um, let's see what's the what's the next one. Uh, Coach of the year. Who you got? I got Sean McVay. God dang. Okay, I'm gonna try to go uh, somewhere else. Since you got McVay, because that's who I had. too. I also <laughs> thought Mc, I thought McVay should have won it last year, though. Um, you go with. This is, I feel
1: like this was a little closer.
0: Um, I mean, I guess you could go Andy Reid.
1: You go Andy Reid, or uh, I
0: mean, you can make a so case I'm, for Sean Payton. So you go Sean Payton really it's just the teams that are up top basically those i mean but i feel like Andy Reid would have a, a a better shot at it than Sean Payton because most times when they do that coach of the year they don't really like to do coach of the year with coaches who have been prominent for a while yeah so i feel like he would have a a better chance um Let's see. What was the next one? Was it rookie of the year? Offensive rookie of the year? Offensive rookie of the year. Who you got? Saquon. Um, Let me see. Where else do I want to go? That's who you had, to. I mean, I feel like these are (laughs) – there's no-brainers, though. Like, Saquon Barkley is hands – he's the best rookie playing, period, whether it's offense or defense. So, that's – it's difficult to go – I guess, elsewhere on that. I mean,
1: I feel like you could make a solid case for Ridley, though.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, Saquon Barkley has just been head and shoulders above everybody. Like, yeah, you can make a case for Ridley, but I don't really think he compares much to Saquon. So I guess if I had to pick somebody other than Saquon, that's who I would go with. Um let's see. Defensive rookie of the year. Who you got? Derwin James. Okay. Yeah, that's where we part. Derwin James was on my list, but I got Denzel Ward. Could be a little bit of Ain't bias no could there. Be. Ain't no could be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's keep it a buck though. Denzel no, Ward saying, has looked, he's looked saying,
1: extremely good. I'm not saying Ward doesn't have a case to be defensive rookie of the year. I'm just saying that's why you picked Denzel
0: Ward is because he's a Buckeye. I mean, I had a lot to <laughs> do with it. That ain't the sole reason, but it had a lot to do with it. And for the simple fact that I, for some reason, thought that you would go Derwin James, I wanted to try to get something different. Like, I went at least two with that one. I don't, I couldn't get two with the other ones because I felt like it was really head and shoulders.
1: Because nobody really talking about the Chargers, though, but they've been looking good. I mean, they're not, they not looking uh, Chiefs good, but that's
0: a team that can make some noise in the playoffs. I think they yeah 2-3. Yeah, you get a guy like Joey Bosa who comes back in and bolsters that defense as well. That really, that's going to take them to the next level. I, I thought that their defense was going to be stellar coming into this season anyway, and um, team to hoping look out that for. in the AFC, that's a team to look out. Yeah, for. I agree. Uh, hoping that Joey Bosa is not an injury-prone type of guy, their future is very bright out there in Los Angeles as far as the defense is concerned. But, but they need to move one up out of our city. <laughs> um. Yeah, that, that's y'all city, huh? Yeah, we we was nice before them. So <laughs> get up out of there. This guy. All right, let's uh let's jump to the NBA real quick. It ain't but a couple of topics here. Um, Luke Walton is he on the hot seat? And is he fairly on the hot seat? We touched on this a little bit last episode, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I think,
1: I think there is some tension building. I don't think Magic wants to come out and say like he's on the hot seat and create all this reckless about it, but I do feel like Magic is starting to question if Luke Walton is the right coach for his job. I think that's definitely going on right now. Um, will he finish the whole year or will he not? I don't know. That That's a question I don't know the answer to. I can't even, if I had to bet, I don't know that I would because
0: I really couldn't tell you. I really don't know. I think He's somewhat on the hot seat, but I don't think that he's fairly on the hot seat, for one. And for two, I, I think he finishes the season out. I don't think he'll be fired by the, by the end of the season. If he is, it'll be because the Lakers are nowhere near making the playoffs. They have this similar a similar record to last year. See, then, this, this If we're talking that, then okay, maybe
1: this is why I'm sick that we lost that episode that we had Hell, 1-2 because we talked about this before the NBA season even started Mm -hmm. about Luke Walton and I was asking y'all if y'all thought Magic even wanted Luke Walton like I still don't think this is the coach that Magic really wanted he's giving him a chance because he was already there and he doesn't want to seem like
0: an asshole but I think y'all want Mark Jackson. That, that's crazy. I was just about to say. Do you know what rumblings I've been hearing? I've been seeing it a lot. They the talking about and whatnot. Yeah. See, it's okay. been a lot on the on the rumor <laughs> websites and all of that stuff. It's been saying, um, fire Luke Walton, hire Mark Jackson. I've seen a lot of that. So I it's rumblings it. of it.
1: That that makes sense. Magic, Mark Jackson. It just, it just seems like the It Looks
0: like a fit.
1: Yeah, it just. That looks it, like that, a Magic that, type of
0: guy. Yeah. It seems right, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping for Luke Walton's sake that they give him more than you mm-hmm. know, just half of this season. Like, I feel like he's still got some proving to do, and you can't allow a man to prove himself with the like his roster has changed now. I feel like he's got a. A good enough roster now to make the playoffs if he does not make the playoffs this year then moving forward off season beginning of next season that's when you really start to make your moves like all right well this is probably not our guy let's start moving forth but I don't think that it's fair to judge him by half of a season or a quarter of a season or anything like that now if we get to halfway through the season and we like the last team in the West or close to it. we scraping the bottom of the barrel. You know what's helping y'all? Do it. What's that?
1: Is that the Rockets are struggling. The Timberwolves ain't up there. Like, it's a couple teams. Pelicans struggling. Yeah, it's a couple teams that's struggling that were supposed to be good. So y'all y'all not sitting down. As yeah, we don't as look as bad. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I that's agree. what's really helping because really y'all are playing some terrible basketball.
0: You ain't got to tell me. Like, it's been pretty bad. You ain't got to tell me. And
1: LeBron, the numbers won't tell you this, but
0: LeBron's not playing like LeBron James. I didn't, like we talked about last episode, I didn't expect LeBron to play like LeBron James this year. Coming off of an extremely uh, rigorous year last year for him, I was, the moment he came to L.A. and the more I actually sat and came to terms with the fact that he was a Laker now, It seemed like a LeBron James move. This is gonna be his year where I can take a step back. Like I don't the pressure's not on me for me to be what I was last year. Like the expectations aren't aren't as high.
1: How is he just walk a walking twenty eight, eight, and eight guy like that? Like he can just That's LeBron. He can just chill and still even on LeBron's bad days, he's LeBron. He's chilling
0: and averaging twenty eight, eight and eight still. Hey. Like, golly, bro. He's a special specimen. Regardless of whether he's at his best or at his worst, LeBron is still head and shoulders above the NBA. Like that's what the people that's what the the the
1: real heavy LeBron fans don't understand when somebody says something about LeBron. It's not always coming from a point of hate. LeBron's my second favorite player, but it, it's just some at times he just does certain things. And, and you can never tell by the numbers. That's why you can always look at the numbers and be like, but he had 45 and 15. right? But it's just like just certain things that he does in certain times of the game where you just question some of the shit that he does. But,
0: yeah. That's a fact. I agree. Now, let's jump to another team, a team that uh, I guess is fairly familiar with LeBron since seeing seen as they're in the Eastern Conference. Um, the Washington Wizards. It's a lot going on down there. It's a lot of rumblings going on that uh, John Wall and Brad Bill aren't seeing eye to eye. They're not gelling the way that they normally do. John Wall isn't looking like the John Wall that we've known him to look like. W- what's going on down there? Like, what's What does the future of the Wizards look like? Are we... Are we looking at the future, or are we looking at a team that could possibly be dismantled, or this team, what is this, it? What's going
1: on? This team does not make it to the deadline. Mm. And I've been adamant about this since last season, and if you're loyal to the podcast, you heard me talking about this last year in the playoffs. It's time to move either John Wall or Bradley Beal. One of those I, two have got to go. I think holding, it's got to be John Wall. they holding each other back. Not even like – it's not their fault. They they just don't – they don't gel well together. Their games don't complement each other. They don't
0: complement each
1: other. I agree. It's just time to move on. Like, you cannot just force guys to play together because they're good. Like, that's – people it, People think that's how you do it. That's not what the Warriors did. Steph and Clay are, like, the perfect match. Then you add Draymond into that. Like, those guys – they complement each other's games. Like, you can't just take a couple good guys and put them together and think, okay, well, we drafted Bill and we drafted Wall just like they drafted Steph and drafted Clay. Like, that's not how it works, man. You, the, you,
0: NBA, you the NBA is different than just typical basketball, Yeah, you especially when it boils down to, like, playoff time and all of that stuff. The The, the things that you're mentioning right now as far as chemistry and – the way that you jail and the way that you compliment each other. That type of stuff is extremely important. I mean, look no further than the playoffs. The Wizards have made the playoffs every year, but they have not made noise at all when they made it into the playoffs because of the reason that you're speaking on. And it's not even just a John Wall and Brad Bill thing. It's those – the way that those two guys are playing and the fact that they're not complementing each other well, it's starting to affect other guys on the team that can play. Moore's twin. He, he can play. He's a, he's a hooper. But the fact that John Wall and Brad Bill can't get their shit together really looks as if the rest of the guys are looking at that like, well, damn, these supposed to be our guys. And One night we got him going crazy. Next night he ain't really doing nothing. It, it's affecting them.
1: And they wasted all that money matching for auto. Oh,
0: my gosh. What? Talk about a stupid decision. Let his ass now, walk.
1: Yes. Go. Take him. You want to pay him that, uh, Brooklyn? Go ahead. Take him. Like, what are you doing? That's that was idiotic. Like, now they can't sign nobody good. I mean, it, it's just a disaster down there. Move, move one of those guys or move both of them. Shit, start over
0: something. like It's not working. You already I mean, lottery
1: bound.
0: It, exactly. I was just about to say, it wouldn't be outlandish for me um, being a GM for the Wizards to be like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's start from scratch. We are already going to the lottery. Let's trade both of these guys for first round, second round picks. You know you're going to get big time picks for those guys. Mm-hmm. You know you are. So let's do it. And then you flip around, turn around next year, you get your own lottery pick. You get another lottery pick. And now you may start to look attractive as far as free agency is concerned. I mean, I don't I don't think that moving forward, what you have now is your answer. It's not. I was thinking more along the lines of just moving John Wall and keeping Brad Bill because I feel like he's a guy that with the – with the way that the shooting guard position looks in the NBA right now, you want to hold on to a guy like Brad Bill. You can get you another point guard in a draft. you um, Get you another point guard in free agency. But shooting guards nowadays, they don't come a dime a dozen. They're extremely rare. So once you have a good one, you hold on to him. And I think that that's what they should do at Brad Bill. But the fact that you just brought up moving both of them and, I mean – that almost sounds genius to start over with the way that this upcoming draft class is going to look like. I'm, I'm for that. As a GM, I feel like I would be, I would be for that. Let's trade these guys and let's start over. Have some cap room. Yeah, I mean, it's it don't sound crazy, but one thing that we definitely agree on is that it's time to move on. It's time to go in a different oh, direction. Guy, gotta go.
1: Scotty Brooks. Go. He <laughs> needs to be going out the door tomorrow.
0: Yeah. I mean, back up
1: Mark Jackson before the Lakers even get a chance to do it.
0: Yeah. Like you said, I mean, let's just start from scratch. Let's scrap everything. Coach two. Starting with the coach.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not saying he can't coach basketball, but this isn't the right spot. That's not his, exactly. Stephen, I agree. Stephen A said he don't like conflict, and, and that's why he, he said this, this Wizards roster needs conflict. <laughs> like, <laughs> get you out of
0: there.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm with that. I agree, but Nuggets no, definitely needs to go. They they've hit their ceiling. They hit their ceiling three years ago.
0: I think that that's uh that's definitely more logical than trading a John Wall and a Brad Bill. I think that it will happen that they'll trade one of them, but I do think, like you said, they'll get rid of him before they get rid of one of them. They're not gonna move. Both That'll be like the uh. The beginning of the uh, avalanche. The
1: what's All the all the owners are are they 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 still got the bottom line in in mind. So that's why they be so reluctant to move superstars. They always talk about it's the talent and shit. Like if they cared about talent, then sometimes moving the superstar is the best. If you care about winning, then sometimes moving the superstar is the best option. So don't. And yeah, and they may be keeping them. So I be feeling like it would be about money most of the time. They know that the fans is coming to see. The big-name players. So we hmm. can trade our big-name players away. But I feel like there's nothing good about this Wizards roster, and I I think they would benef- benefit from at least moving one of them. I'm not saying move both, but I wouldn't be mad at them if they did. But-
0: okay, so hear this out. Trade John Wall for Jimmy Butler. Trade Brad Bill for a draft pick.
1: That'd you be think- cool, but I don't think the Timberwolves would do that because John Wall is basically Ricky Rubio, just a more athletic version.
0: But Rubio not down there no more. Oh, no, I'm tripping. Rubio yeah. with the jazz. rubio
1: gone. I'm fried. Yeah, Rubio with the jazz. So, yeah, yeah, I could. yeah, that's a solid move.
0: I think they could do that.
1: But... I'm I'm just not real high on Jimmy Butler like everybody,
0: man. I, I like Jimmy been. Butler. He' man. cool to me, but he' not. Especially, he's another one of those guys that I'm telling you that shooting guard position is not what it is or what it used to be. I think it's... Miami would be dope for John Wall. Mm. It'd
1: just be somewhere. I I I can see John Wall in, in Miami.
0: Uh, he might uh, be able. To,
1: he might be able to revive Whiteside's career too.
0: I don't think so. <laughs> I think it's
1: over for Cuz. But still, I I like John Wall in Miami. But he, that Wizards team is just it's just all bad for them.
0: I agree. I could see John Wall elsewhere. I don't think I could see him the Clippers. Miami. I was thinking the Clippers. I could see him with the Clippers. Um, where else is a good possible destination for him? Um...
1: Orlando. You gotta think about somewhere that got something to give back. Because he ain't gonna end up in no contender.
0: Hmm. Phoenix? Nah.
1: Nah, cause that's gonna kill Booker. Then
0: it's just gonna be, be, yeah. <laughs> be Bill. Booker gonna be Bill. Exactly. <laughs> they ain't gonna do that. They building completely around that man, him and DeAndre Ayton. Um, I don't know. I can't really see too many destinations for John Wall that really look appealing. So but he's got
1: that weird. He's got that weird game that's really dying out. Yeah. Chris Paul's really the only other guard that still play like that. With that uh, – he don't really – he now that he's with the Rockets, he's not even really like that anymore. That ball-dominant 20-second pick-and-roll point guard.
0: Go ahead yeah. and for 20 seconds and then just get rid of it and get the assist. And What's the biggest up? thing – the biggest thing that stands out to me about John Wall isn't even just that. That's a definitely an aspect of it. But John Wall's not getting better shooting the ball. Nah, he's not. He's shooting worse this year than he has in a while, too. Exactly. He's not improving. And to me, John Wall don't look like John Wall. He looks like he's a step slower. He looks fat. Yeah, he looks like he to put on some weight. So I don't, I don't know what's going on with John Wall. But whatever it is, I think it might be time to get him up out of there. Yeah. Max Kellerman
1: always says, you trade guys a year too early and not a year too late. But I think they might have missed a, missed a year too early uh, training with John Wall. They should have got rid of him last year. But like I said, the, the GMs be so caught up for having a superstar, they don't be seeing, man.
0: You think John Wall could go play with Pop? Yeah, that's, that would be special. I don't know what they could give up for him, though. That would be special. Yeah, I think that'd be smooth. But yeah, man, that's enough on the NBA. Let's get into uh let's get into these last two topics before we get out of here. What's your uh what's your locks looking like for this week? Man, first off, I went 0-3 last week, man. Uh, coming off of an undefeated week, he drops a dud. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, so what you got this week? Try to this, just try this, to balance back. This
1: damn code is killing me, man. And I
0: got Texas minus
1: two, Florida minus six, then I got Kansas City minus 16 and a half, and the Patriots minus six and a half. Then my luck's for this week.
0: All right, y'all heard it here. Another four and a week. Choose wisely, guys, because I mean, you're either going to hit or you're going to miss completely by the way that. By the way, that he's been sounding lately, you never know which game you're going to get. Nah, man. See, I
1: told you I don't got no business fooling with that college. And then last week, what I do, pick all three college
0: games. That's true. That's true. I you no did. Moving around with that damn college like that. Well, now, like you said, this your opportunity to go 4 no once again. So we're going to see. But uh, let's get into our pickums this week. Number 10, Ohio State, at number 18, Michigan State. Who you got? Mitch, like, no, nah, I'm playing. I got. It Man, I know state. you wasn't about to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your hatred ain't like that in your heart. I don't oh, hate Ohio State. Bullshit. I got the Buckeyes. Um, number twenty-four Auburn at number five Georgia. Who you got? I got UGA. I got Georgia as well. I think it's a little closer than people think, but I got Georgia. Um, number sixteen Miss Mich- uh, Mississippi State at number one Alabama. I need your pick and your score.
1: Give me Bama thirty eight to seven. (laughs) Oh (laughs) shit.
0: I got (laughs) I got Bama. Give me Bama by a score of thirty-four seventeen. Um NFL Saints versus the Bengals. Who you got? I need the Bengals to get this game. <laughs> Do you actually have the Bengals, or is that who you need to Nah, give me the Bengals. Give me the Saints. I can't go against them boys right now. They looking good. I got the Saints. Last game, Cowboys-Eagles, just because it's a division <laughs> game. Who you got? Philly. <laughs> we always got to be I'm tired of talking about the Cowboys, man. Wayne, this. they ain't even been on the pickums the last however many weeks. No, nah,
1: I'm just – talking. well, I can't say I'm tired of talking about the Cowboys. I'm tired of hearing about them. And it seems like the more the less relevant y'all are on the field, the more relevant y'all are on TV. Like, that shit is just crazy. It's
0: America's team. You know they're going to talk about America's
1: team, But I, I, give me Philly.
0: <laughs> Do I, you, uh, did you need a score or two? Nah, I don't need a score for that one. <laughs> I mean, I can't go against Dallas. Not against Philly. I feel like I could, but not against Philly. I feel some type of way with picking Philly. But both of us been struggling lately. I'm I'm a rock with my boys. I think we're going to bounce back and look good. If we lose this game, it's over. Like, not a chance at all. Like, it's a wrap. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take us. I like us in this one. Us over Philly. So, um, that pretty much wraps it up. But before we get out of here... I want to send my deepest condolences out to the family of Devin Johnson. For those who don't know, Devin Johnson was Marshall's running back. He died, uh, I believe day before yesterday, I believe it was, or maybe yesterday. But um, definitely want to send my thoughts and my prayers out to his loved ones and his family. Sam and I both went to Marshall University, so that uh that hits home for us, but definitely rest in peace to Devin Johnson. Is there uh anything else you want to add? Uh yeah. Uh one thing about
1: that Duke game is we one of our best defenders and rebounders barely got to play that game as well. Javon Delorier barely played. Yeah, he was in foul stopped, trouble Stop foul. This this fool had have, have 4,005 minutes of
0: play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. That's definitely another thing. Uh that bodes well for Duke because, like you said, he didn't even get to touch the court really. And, and we got another great freshman that probably won't see the floor very much at all this year. Joey. Yeah, Joey probably won't get to play this year. Joey's Joey going to have a Grayson year. Yeah. Grayson's <laughs> freshman year, he played a little bit, but Grayson really played more because Suleiman got kicked off the team. But – um. Yeah, I think that that's – we're going to see that uh Joey Baker. Not to say nobody's going to kick off the team, but I think he'll be sprinkled in possibly with games where we got guard foul trouble or something like that. But, like, I agree with you. I don't think he'll play much. But, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. All right, man. That pretty much wraps it up for this episode of the Pick and Roll Podcast. Um, here's what we're going to do. With these next couple weeks, we are going to – We're going to start doing fan polls on our Facebook page. So if you don't follow us, or you don't, um, yeah, if you don't follow us on Facebook, please be sure to do so. Twitter as well. That's Pick and Roll Podcast. P I C letter N R O L L Podcast. I believe our name on Twitter is Pick P I C K letter N R O L L P O D Pick and Roll Pod. I believe is that what it is. I think so, yeah. Pick and roll pod. So follow us on both. We'll be doing a, a a fan poll this week, as we'll be doing every other week. And once you guys share some of your, I guess, some of your responses, some of your answers with us, we'll take the, the, I guess, maybe the top two or three, and we'll discuss them on our next episode. But, yeah, be looking out for that on our Facebook and our Twitter. But um, signing out, it's your boy Ish. And this is your boy Sam, man. We appreciate y'all. We out.